Hello everyone, welcome back to the Front and Planning Guru podcast. This is Liam and today we have Dr. Ed Gibson with 40 years of engineering construction experience, including 30 years of research in front and planning realm. He's a guru today who will be joining me. Dr. Gibson, welcome back. Hello, Liam. Great to have you out here. So, Dr. Gibson, in the past episodes, uh, we spoke a little uh, about the importance of front and planning practices in developing a solid and robust project plan. It is easy for me to assume that we have developed the front and planning approach as a result of the past mess ups. Um, I'm a firm believer of learning from our mistakes and through storytelling, I think we can achieve that. Can you tell us about one of the biggest project fails that could have been avoided with front and planning? Yeah, so I'll give you a couple of examples. And these really are mined from you know, the research that we've done over the past 30 years. I mean, we've looked at over 1,200 projects, you know, over $125 billion worth of projects. So obviously, when you're looking at a lot of projects, you're going to see a lot of things. So let me give you a couple of examples. This is a large electric utility. A uh, pretty simple project to replace a turbine that had been in use in existing um, hydroelectric dam for you know the past 40 years. They're going to re replace the turbine. Um, so there's a powerhouse. The turbine itself uh, well, and, and the entire project cost, and this was probably about 30 years ago, was about $5 million. Uh, so they purchased the turbine. Uh, the turbine was delivered on site. They had the crane set up to, to take or pick the existing turbine out. They were going to replace this turbine in the existing powerhouse building. And lo and behold, it would not fit in the existing building. Wow. So now the project turned into a project not only to uh, replace the turbine, but also to replace or refurbish the existing powerhouse. A uh, $5 million project turned into a $7.5 million project. Not a real good example. And plus, it pushed back another uh, several months. You know, they had to, they couldn't generate electricity because they were waiting on what to do. So it cost the company several million dollars in operating uh, money. Uh, another example is a large government agency that was building a uh, project to do science, scientific research, a very large site. Um, and during the front end planning process, uh, they did geotechnical investigation. They went out into this several hundred acre site and they did one soil bore in the middle of the site. Uh, didn't look around and see what the soil conditions were. Uh, it turns out that that boring was not where the um, building was going to be built for the scientific instruments. And so they're um, about halfway through construction, it's a reinforced concrete facility, uh, and they didn't have any soil condition assessment for that foundation. And bottom line is the building before it was even completed started sinking. Um, they had to stop work. Uh, they ended up having to go in and put hundreds of micro piles in after the fact, drilling through the floor uh, to stabilize the building. Uh, and the total cost of that was about $150 million plus a three or four month delay on the existing schedule. So, you know, that's an ouch moment when you don't do those kinds of things. That is very true. I mean, when just of these examples you just gave us, 
looking at the percentage of uh, budget overrun, it's almost always more than 30, 40%. And just makes me think about, um, you know, what lessons do you believe that we can learn from this? Because ultimately, um, sounds like um, people who were planning these things uh, did not have their heads wrapped around this whole concept. Yeah, you could almost say maybe their heads were somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reality of it is, you know, both of these were very preventable. Um, if the work, the due diligence had been done during that front end planning process, and for instance, with the powerhouse project, if they had gone out and understand and understood what they were getting themselves into dimensionally uh, in the powerhouse, and then they had compared that with the turbine and what they were going to have, how they were going to have to configure that turbine, then they would have known that this was going to be additional scope in the project. And they could have either added that in and the budget would have been on target, or they could have decided to try different uh, turbine, or maybe they decided not to do this. It wasn't economically viable. In the case of the scientific building and the micropiles, I mean, pretty straightforward. During that front-end planning process, you need to understand the site. And in that situation, one of the key components to any site, if it's, for instance, a, a greenfield-type project where we're going to put foundations in and in, in that situation, is to go out and do a good site characterization to understand what you're getting yourself into. Uh, that particular $150 million cost overrun uh, was around 20% on the co project cost at that point. So very significant cost overrun ended up a situation where they had to cut additional scope out of the project and get an additional set of uh, budget monies in to actually finish the project. So it wasn't a very good outcome for that organization. gets my mind thinking about um you know how important um this fep process is really and how the industry needs to change their approach to it but we're going to talk about these in the future episodes for sure thank you dr gibson for giving us your time today we will have you um, on our future episodes with more questions and discussions and with that we're going to wrap up today's episode um, if you are listening to this podcast, please don't hesitate to contact us with your questions or suggestions. Um, aside that, have a good rest of your day and we'll see you on the next episode.